Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/host. Calling Town City. Turn on your radio. I know we had some words last time, but that was so long ago. I got your message. It was a little harsh, you know. It's still a little hard for me to hear. Please take it slow. Welcome to Starship Sofa, part of the District of Wonders network. Everyone has a story in the District of Wonders. Come and find yours. I'm tuning in to your transmissions. I'm hooning, waiting to be found. And I'm building rockets. This is the Starship Sova. Everybody, welcome. Hello and welcome to show 719. I am your host, Tony C. Smith. Hello, everyone. I hope everyone is fine and dandy. Yes, welcome back. We are diving into deep space to bring you them stories. Everything now is put behind us and we're just going to look out for some great stories. Today's story is Other People's Things by Jay O'Connell. I'll give you a little heads up about Jay. Jay O'Connell is a graduate of Syracuse University, I hope that's how you pronounce it there, Clarion West, Launchpad and the School of Somewhat Hard Knocks. He's worked as a software executive, a UI, UX designer, business writer, illustrator, animator, graphic artist, construction worker, house cleaner and burger flipper. He lives in and writes about a world rapidly approaching the event horizon of the fabled SF Singularity. He is fortunate to have supportive spouse, two grown GLBTQ children and so many wonderful friends along for the ride as we spiral into the beautiful and dangerous unknown. This story originally appeared in the magazine of fantasy and science fiction on September, October 2014. Now, this story is narrated by Mark Nelson. Mark Nelson began audiobook narration in 2006 and then has now over 108 titles at LibriVox and recording as Harry Shaw more than 100 for Audible. While Mark mainly records science fiction, fantasy and horror titles, he has also ventured into the classics including Hugo and Dostoevsky. 
So, the Starship Sova is very proud to present. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com/acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com/acast. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Other People's Things by J. O'Connell The type on the frosted glass window in the door read Manuel B. Peebles, certified Zen master, licensed private detective, attractiveness consultant. Chris bit his lip. He hadn't known about the Zen and the detecting when he'd made the appointment online, and the juxtaposition of the three professions gave him a twisty feeling in his stomach. But he'd already burned half a sick day. So he opened the door. A balding, heavy-set man was hunkered down behind the room's only desk, sipping coffee from a stained paper cup. He looked up, dropping an oversized cinnamon pastry into its chrysalis of waxed paper. Hello. He wiped crumbs from his unshaven face with one hand as he extended the other. Peebles, attractiveness consultant. Chris squeezed Peebles' thick, sticky hand. Peoples looked him up and down. "'You're more or less normal-looking, but most of my clients are.' "'I haven't had a date in... a long time,' Chris said. Peoples grunted. "'I'll bet. So, how much are you willing to spend? I can tell you're going to be difficult.' "'What?' "'How much can you spend?' Chris gaped. Peoples smiled. I'm not your friend. Pay a therapist a hundred bucks an hour, he'll be your friend. Sort of. Your hundred-an-hour friend. He gave a little snort. Don't take it personally. I don't do friends. You're not attractive, Chris said, at all. Why should I listen to you? I don't need to be attractive. Neither do you. You have enough to eat? Live indoors? You got hobbies? Are the cops after you? He didn't wait for a response. You've got no problems but the ones you make for yourself. Um, Chris said. But you want a woman, a girlfriend. I guess right? I'm bad at guessing preference, so I always guess straight. I'm right nine times out of ten. Ha! 
You probably need a good platonic friend, too. Okay. Peebles finished his pastry in two disturbingly large bites and balled up the wax paper. He tossed it at the wastebasket across the room and missed completely. Booyah! I'm bad at that. Okay, this whole process is going to take a while, Peebles said. You're a mess. Chris stooped to pick up the wad of waxed paper and throw it in the trash. I don't have a lot of money. You got a retirement fund? You're nuts, Chris said. People sighed. Look, I'm guessing you're no worse than the average idiot. People like you have problems. Social deficits, I call them. They start out small and get bigger and bigger. You know what a feedback loop is? Chris nodded. You're caught in a nasty one. You're lonely, and it's making you crazy, and the crazy is creeping people out. Makes you lonelier. Loonier, too. I can break the loop. Peebles lit a cigar and wrote a number on a pad of yellow sticky notes. He pushed the pad across the desk. Chris frowned at the number. Your site said there was a money-back guarantee. Yeah, never had anyone use it, but sure, it's in the contract. Chris nodded. When do we start? Chris signed the contract, marveling at its simple wording. The money-back clause was particularly blunt. He'd expected incomprehensible legalese. Somehow, he wasn't reassured. He handed a check, a ten percent deposit, to Peebles, who threw it in a desk drawer without a second glance. Stand over there and turn around a couple of times. Chris pirouetted in front of a video camera on a tripod. Peebles sat behind an ancient PC with a filthy keyboard and a grease-spattered flat screen. The PC beeped. Okay, that's enough. I've got your measurements, analyzed your skin tone, done your colors, and sent the order off for your new wardrobe. Wardrobe? Chris looked down at himself. I need a new wardrobe? Peebles laughed. You'll get a half dozen boxes of clothes, everything with little matching tags, so you'll know what goes with what. There are cards describing social contexts for each outfit. Contexts? Dating, job interviews, casual friends, work. This is the easy part. Step over here. Peebles was holding what looked like an accordion vacuum cleaner tube attached to a box which was cabled to his PC. What's that? The sniffer? He thumbed a button and a compressor started. Peebles jammed the muzzle of the sniffer into Chris's crotch. Hey! Stand still! Christ! Stop wriggling! Raise your arms. Good. Peebles moved the sniffer over Chris's armpits and around his neck. How often you bathe, kid? Every day. Peebles humped. You may have bad pheromones. I can't tell. I smoke cigars. But the sniffer knows. A window popped up on his PC. Yep, you smell funny. You're an outsider. Outsider? Peebles nodded. In lots of primate species, there are males that never reproduce. There are theories about them, what they're good for. I won't bore you. You don't want to be one. He hauled himself from his office chair and walked to the glass-fronted cabinet. He thumbed it open to squint at the rows of plastic bottles inside, retrieving a thick amber vial. He tossed the bottle at Chris, who just barely managed to catch it. 
take these, but don't expect miracles. It's never just one thing. You could work around one thing without me. Pills? Chris said. I need pills? Let's run down the list. You tried computer dating? Chris suppressed a shudder. Ballroom dancing? Bars? Speed dating? Parties? Church socials? Co-workers? Volunteer work? Therapy? Prayer? Chris coughed as a wisp of cigar smoke wafted into his face. He had sinus conditions. He learned not to talk about them. You've gone to AA meetings, even though you don't have a drinking problem, looking for vulnerable women? Chris gave a little nod. Ever had a mail-order bride ditch you at the altar? Chris's face burned with shame. No, he said. You're a lousy liar. Chris shook the bottle of pills. So, no miracles. What can I expect? Insight, people said. He removed a pair of complicated-looking glasses from a desk drawer and carefully slid them onto Chris's face, squinting into his eyes. Tiny servos in the frames whirred as they adjusted themselves to the contours of Chris's skull. A tendril of red light flicked over his corneas. Peebles removed the glasses as a microwave oven-sized appliance on a table across from his desk thrummed to life. Peebles swiveled back to his PC, where an application window showed a grid of bespectacled faces, all of them Chris in different-style glasses frames. Peebles paged through them quickly. "'I'd like the look of that one,' Chris pointed. "'You would,' Peebles said, selecting another pair from the next screen." He hit the fabricate button. I used to have to leave the office, do a lot of legwork. With the glasses, I see what you see, hear what you hear. I won't whisper in your ear. That never works. Makes you look schizo, not attractive. We'll meet once a week, watch your feed together. I'll tell you what you're doing wrong, make suggestions. You may or may not be able to use my advice. This stuff is subtle, and you aren't. What if I can't take your advice? We'll jump off that bridge when we get to it. Don't get ahead of yourself. Look, kid, do you meditate? No, Chris said. Church? Not for a long time. Peebles nodded, his lips compressed into a thin line. This will be uncomfortable. Go back to church. Meditate. Exercise. Eat right. Get plenty of sleep. You start losing sleep, call me. I got pills for that. Peebles paused to scratch the underside of his pendulous belly. Nothing hurts like insight. Peebles was right. The sessions hurt. The weekly two-hour meetings consisted of Peebles fast-forwarding through Chris's video feed, playing back interactions which he considered significant, and his review of Chris's human performance. Chris wasn't allowed to talk during the critique. At the end, there was a back-and-forth session. The third week in, they reviewed Chris's attempt to befriend his company's new receptionist, a red-haired young woman with a long, friendly face and braces. You start boring her here. She doesn't care what you're talking about. Probably doesn't understand the stuff about network security. See that? See the way she's tapping the pencil? That's impatience. 
Notice the refusal to continue eye contact? Chris winced. People do that to me all the time. Peoples nodded. You bore a lot of people. Here's where she goes from feeling kind of sorry for you to actively disliking you. Look at the corners of the mouth, the furrowed brow. Here's where you ignore her third attempt to get rid of you. At this point, she is starting to hate you a little bit. She doesn't care that she's new in the office. She's got you pegged as a loser. Chris wiped his nose. The sessions aggravated his sinuses. Peoples grinned. Five, four, three, two... I have to get back to work, the receptionist said. Sorry. She's not sorry, Peoples said. Chris nodded. People who said they were sorry never really looked sorry to him. The pain of his loneliness hit him like a physical blow, a yawning emptiness inside. They sat a while in silence. Peebles puffed on his cigar. "'It's hopeless, isn't it?' Chris said. "'Nothing is hopeless, kid, because hope is an irrational emotion, and irrationality is something we're all born with.' "'That's not reassuring. It wasn't meant to be. Look, you're working hard. You want to know the truth?' You're impressing me. You're dressing well. The sniffer says you smell better. You're listening. You're taking an incredible amount of shit from me. But you have what I call empathic deficit. Not enough to put you on the autistic spectrum, but enough to make you pretty much undateable. What do I do about empathic deficit? With years of practice, you can emulate empathy in a sort of half-assed way. Or you can take a pill. What? Discovered it fifteen years ago. Off-label use, of course. Side effect of a Chinese anti-seizure drug, banned in the U.S. No reputable psychotherapist would prescribe it. But I'm not reputable. Now, if you take these, at this unrecommended dosage, you're going to start feeling things that other people feel, automatically, under your skin. It excites your mirror neuron network, until you get used to it. You see somebody stub a toe, bango, your toe hurts too. That particular effect fades after a few days. It doesn't, you call. Peebles paused to pick at his teeth with a thumbnail. I have to ask, you're absolutely sure you can't be happy by yourself, working on your computers, playing with your dog and your hobbies and whatnot? I need someone, Chris said, to share my life. Peebles sighed. He got to his feet slowly and deliberately, and for the first time Chris wondered exactly how old he was. He shuffled to the glass-fronted cabinet across from his desk and removed another pill bottle. The directions are on the label. So is my mobile number. If you start feeling crazy, call me immediately, any time, day or night. You feel like you're going to hurt yourself or someone else to stop the feelings? Call me, any time, day or night. I'll talk you down, and we'll figure out something else. What else is there? Chris asked. Peebles blinked. Okay, there's nothing else, but you didn't need to know that. Then why did you tell me? You asked. I don't lie. Peebles shook himself, his jowls quivering. The changes these pills make, some of them don't go away. You sure you want them? Chris nodded. What have I got to lose? Peebles blew a smoke ring.
I'll see you next week. Chris found her at the health club, and because she was too pretty, obviously out of his league, he didn't feel nervous around her. Her name was Ashley. She was tall, a half-inch taller than Chris, strong and lean without being thin, with long straight blonde hair parted in the middle and bluer than blue eyes. As pretty as she was, after listening to her for a while, Chris realized she had problems. She was studying to be a social worker, but she wasn't all that good with people, and she knew it. They jogged comfortably at the treadmills, side by side, day after day. She didn't notice the conversation irritating the other people in the cardio room. She could be clueless about things like that. She talked a lot about her ex-boyfriend, Dominic, who was nice but emotionally unavailable. Chris's fake ex-girlfriend, the one he'd constructed with Peebles, had also been emotionally unavailable. They talked about how hard that was. Mostly, Chris listened. Ashley was vegan. She was gluten intolerant. She had irritable bowel syndrome. She was a feminist. She volunteered at the local soup kitchen. That's funny. I've always thought about doing that, Chris said. Peebles had taught him that feigned interest was the glue holding society together, and he had been noticing the homeless a lot more lately. Do you want to have coffee sometime? she asked. Chris nodded. Sounds great. They made a date for the end of the week. Mild disinterest at the beginning of a relationship was vital, Peebles said. It bypassed the Groucho paradox of dealing with people who dislike joining clubs that would have them as members. The coffee was awkward. The treadmills had been perfect for conversation, eliminating the need to make appropriate eye contact. Chris found himself staring at Ashley, at the impossible blueness of her eyes, the delicately sculpted facial features. Ashley gave off all the signals of being bored. Chris felt everything slipping away. He sighed, mentally letting go. "'Why do you volunteer at the soup kitchen?' he asked. Ashley stopped stirring her soy latte. "'I've always worried about homeless people. It used to drive my father crazy. I gave away my allowance when I was a little girl.' She smiled. "'I liked driving him crazy. He was a bastard.' I'd like to volunteer, too, Chris said, marveling at his own sincerity. He actually meant it. Sometime when you're there, I mean. Honestly, I'm scared of homeless people. Terrified. I'd be less scared with you around. You're very brave, aren't you? Ashley said. I asked you to coffee, didn't I? Ashley lifted an eyebrow. Actually, I asked you. Chris blinked. I said yes, though, immediately as I recall. I should get credit for that. Ashley rolled her eyes. So brave. I'll make the call. Maybe this Saturday? Chris nodded. They found an ice cream place that served a coconut tofu product, which Chris tried. It's not the worst thing I've ever eaten. Chris lied. Brave, Ashley said again. And this time... Chris wasn't entirely sure she was joking. Peebles reviewed the video of Ashley with him, nodding. "'You've got a chance with this girl,' he said. "'What? 
I was just practicing. Yeah, you knew it was impossible, so you gave up. That's when it happens. Okay, you need to watch these. He handed a thumb drive to Chris. You don't initiate anything. You can't parse the signals, but she might start something. These are instructional sex videos. Not porn. It's about actual sex, real sex, between real people, not circus freaks playing to the camera. Sex is different from porn. Usually, if you're lucky. Chris flushed. I don't need these yet, do I? You might. Still taking the empathy pills? Yes. The changes are probably becoming permanent. You good with that? Chris nodded. The effect had been subtle at first. He found himself holding doors for people struggling with packages, stopping elevators, giving change to the homeless, tipping more. He agonized over a gift for his parents' thirtieth wedding anniversary. Every act felt natural, effortless, inevitable, but he knew he was behaving differently. Do I wear the glasses when I'm having sex? No, people said. If sex is the problem, I'll make a referral. Chris nodded. Good, he said. I'm nervous. That's normal, people said. About twenty years late, but perfectly normal. You'll do fine, kid. You'll do fine. The soup kitchen was hosted by the Unitarian Church near the university, a place Chris remembered from his childhood. His parents had taken him a few times before losing interest. His father, a lapsed Catholic, referred to the Unitarians as the Church of the Potluck Supper. The basement room was packed. The smell of coffee and sausage mixed with the less pleasant body odors of the bustling mass of men, women, and children. Chris bussed the communal tables, wiping them down between uses, throwing away the used styrofoam cups and plates. Ashley had made a large pile of gluten-free, lactose-free granola bars. She stood behind the counter, scooping scrambled eggs and sausages onto plates. Her bars, individually wrapped in sandwich bags secured with rubber bands, were stacked on the countertop, beside a hand-lettered sign which read, Free! Take one! A disheveled couple of indeterminate but advanced age shuffled through the line. The man picked up a bar. I made those. They're gluten and lactose-free, Ashley said. Uh-huh, he said. How many can I take? Two, Ashley said. He peeled off the plastic sandwich bag and took a bite. He howled, his weathered features convulsing in pain. He spat a bloody tooth into his hand, mixed with almonds and agave nectar hardened with soy protein isolate. It's hard as a rock, you crazy bitch! Livid, he hurled the tooth and half-chewed bar into Ashley's face. Ashley flinched, the color draining from her already fair skin. Then she ran. Chris followed her out of the meeting room into the adjoining small industrial kitchen. She was crying. I can't do anything right, she said, holding her face in her hands. Anything! She dropped her hands, staring into them. Shit! It took Chris a second to recognize the pale disc in her palm. One of her eyes had lost its blueness and was now the palest, most colorless gray imaginable. Wow, Chris said, 
cleaning speckles of granola bar and spit from her face with a tissue. Your eye, it's gray. Father said they ruined my face. He was a plastic surgeon, and a bastard. This isn't my face, Ashley said. These aren't my eyes. I'm not real, you know. Nothing about me is real. Of course you're real, Chris said. Everyone is real. I'm an invention. Six surgeries for the face. Two to control my weight. My stomach is the size of a tennis ball. I used to be fat. Really fat. Not pretty girl thinking she's fat because she's crazy fat. Chris nodded. You're not fat now, he said. Yes, I am, Ashley said. I'm fat on the inside. And I'll be fat again some day. I just know it. Chris considered disagreeing, saying what she wanted to hear, and decided not to. But you keep trying, Chris said, trying to help, trying to be real. Maybe that's the important thing, just to keep trying. Chris took off his glasses, folded them, and slipped them into his jacket pocket. I'm fake, too, he said. He told her about Peebles, the glasses, the coaching sessions, the pills, and his decade of datelessness. The confession spilled out of him helplessly, uncontrollably. Ashley's expression was hard to read as she nodded slowly, taking it all in. Ashley removed the other contact lens. Do you really like my eyes? she said. Chris considered her for several moments, really thinking about it. They were a strange color. Yes, they're scary, but I like them. Of course, what do I know? I'm a loser. I've dated lots of losers, never one that knew he was a loser, Ashley said. Maybe that's important, knowing what you are. Chris nodded. He had no idea what to do next. This is the part where you kiss me, Ashley said. Thanks for telling me, Chris said. Just a quick one, for now. Chris nodded. They kissed. It was good. Dominic was waiting for him in the parking lot outside his office that Friday evening. He was a stunningly handsome young man with short, stylish brown hair and a cleft chin. He reminded Chris of the stock photo people in picture frames in drugstores. Your name Chris Shoemaker? Chris nodded. Leave Ashley alone, he said. Seriously, or I rip you a new one. I'm sorry, Chris said. Sorry she broke up with you. That must be rough. Dominic punched Chris in the face, knocking him backwards against a parked SUV. He slid to the pavement holding his nose. Dominic shook his hand, wincing. That hurt, he said. Blood streamed from Chris's nose. Ashley doesn't want to be your girlfriend. We've talked about it. A lot. Dominic flared his nostrils. You want I should punch you again? Chris's hand throbbed in sympathy with Dominic's. You can beat me to a pulp. She's not coming back. She's over you. My therapist is pretty sure she is, and he's usually right about this kind of thing. Also, I'd rather you not beat me up, if that's okay. Dominic wiped his eyes. 
Yeah, it's not okay. Get up so I can hit you again. Chris didn't move. You weren't still with her, I mean, after I started seeing her? Had Ashley been lying to him? He found a tissue in his coat pocket and staunched the flow of blood from his left nostril with his throbbing hand. I haven't seen her in six weeks, Dominic said. But she was supposed to go to my sister's wedding with me. I can't go alone. I thought, you know, we could go as friends. But she doesn't want to screw things up with you, you little prick. Chris nodded. He thought for a moment. I'll tell her she can go, if she wants. As a friend. I trust her. I mean, if she has anything to work out with you, she should. Dominic cocked an eyebrow. My family were Italian. Very Italian. Everyone is married by the time they're twenty. My younger brothers and sisters all have kids. If I show up without even a girlfriend, well, it's going to suck. Big time. My parents gave up on me having kids years ago. Dominic smiled. Lucky you. Look, you want to get a cup of coffee or go to the emergency room or something? He extended his hand. Chris took it, half expecting another punch in the face. He gingerly explored his nose, which didn't feel broken. A drink sounds good, he said. He rummaged in his coat for a fresh tissue and handed one to Dominic. Wipe your hand. It's got blood on it. You don't want to ruin your shirt. Gross. Thanks. Ashley was taking a class, so Chris and Dominic drank together into the night. Dominic tried to kiss Chris around closing time. The emotional unavailability thing suddenly made a lot of sense. Chris turned him down, gently. Dominic punched him in the stomach, but not very hard. Then he apologized, and then he cried. He poured out his life story, his secret, everything. He asked for Chris's email address. A few weeks later, Chris realized they were friends. How was it? Peebles asked. He broke down Chris's glasses with a tiny pair of pliers, extracting the reusable components, leaving a small pile of disposable metal and plastic fragments. Good. Great. Strange, Chris said. Not like masturbation. Yeah, they're remarkably different. I kept worrying about her, what she was feeling, and she kept worrying about how she was doing, how I was feeling, I could tell. Towards the end, though, we sort of forgot to worry. We stopped thinking, I think. Peebles nodded. She said I was the best she'd had. I said the same thing to her, obviously. But it was sort of nerve-wracking. It gets easier, and better. For a while, anyway. Peebles said. Most of the time. The thing is, Chris said, I'm worried about her. All the time. Her family life was horrible. I'm trying to get her into therapy about the body image stuff. I'm worried about Dominic, too. He can't tell his family who he is, and he can't get away from them. He's stuck. When I suggested therapy, he punched me. People shrugged. Pretty people are almost never worth the trouble. The culture drives them nuts. 
high maintenance. How many movie stars have happy lives? Anyway, they're not my problem. And neither are you any more. We're done. He thrust out a stubby-fingered hand. Chris shook it. Thanks. I don't want to sound ungrateful, but— Please, be ungrateful. I'm not happier than I was before, really. I'm just upset about different things. Things I have no control over. Other people's things. Peebles lit a new cigar from the stub of his old one, puffing vigorously. You didn't ask for happiness. You wanted someone to share your life with. You wanted to get laid. You wanted a pretty girl, maybe a friend. You got both. Both pretty, I might add. If you'd asked for happy, well, I have pills for that. I have pills that make it so you don't need other people. Pills that make it so you don't need anything. They won't work now, not after the others. Those must be the pills you took, the ones that make you not need people. Peebles examined the glowing tip of his cigar. I took the same ones you did. Chris looked confused, and then alarmed. Oh! Peebles hoisted himself out of his office chair and walked Chris to the door. Welcome to the human race, kid! He scratched his stomach. Now, get the hell out of my office. And there you go. Big thank you, dear sir. Thank you indeed. What a story, man. Thank you, Mark. You did it proud. You did it proud indeed. So, that is Starship Sova's 719. Put to bed. Hope you enjoyed it. I hope you will support the show. Don't forget Patreon. That would be fantastic. Keeps me chugging along. Until next time, just like to say a good night from me. Thank you for listening. Time soon, can you reach me? Is my signal getting through? Turn on your radio. I wanna talk to you. This signal's going light speed. By the time I get my say, I might already be on to you and on my way. But you're so far from I'm moving slow So I'm waiting on your call At home with nowhere to go Can you reach me? Is my signal getting through? Turn on your radio I want to talk to you I want to talk to you myself on a radio wave I might get to you someday 
If books were rocket ships, I'd need only the will to fly. I'm still building word by word, and I'll get out there by and by. I'll get out there by and by. I'll get out there. I'll get out there by and by. I'll get out there by and by. I'll get out there, out there by and by. I'll get out there by and by. I'll get out there, out there by and by. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.